Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 223 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons, and uh, with me to talk about week one of the NFL American football season season, it's Nathan Palmer. Hello, Nathan. Now, if I didn't know the result of this game and I heard that intro, I thought I would be thinking we'd absolutely pounded the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I thought was... you were going to say the opposite because it was quite a short to the point intro. It wasn't the same. No, I thought it was quite upbeat and it? jolly it? and it? all of it, but it wasn't. What not do you quite... want me to do then? Do you want me to say, ah, welcome to <laughs> episode 220 bloody three of Cincinnati. <laughs> well, I do actually, yeah. Nathan, Nathan Palmer, go on, you. You talk, Nathan. But yeah, I mean, well, we can't do that. We've got, we've got, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to share the misery, haven't we? We've got to, we've got to work it out together. We've got to process this, uh, this terribleness and purge it out of our bodies, our human bodies. Do you, know, do you know what? Not only was it a shocking like week of the NFL with the Bengals uh, result last night, just to compound matters, right? Mm. I went to bed. My fantasy team was behind by 0.6 of a point, right? Oh. And I just had Aaron Rodgers left. I thought, nah, here we go. He'll go out there and get me 20, 25 points. No bother at all. Woke up in the morning. He tore his Achilles. Didn't complete one pass. And I lost by 0.6 of a point. So as far as the Bengals and my fantasy team go, it was definitely one of the worst weeks I can remember. So what what a start. Brilliant, brilliant. I mean, why season. do we do it? Why do we do it? I mean, well, if you're a Jets fan, you must be absolutely sick as a pig. Oh, this morning. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I I'm not a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers. Um, but uh, bloody hell, that's pretty. And I'm laughing, not because it's funny, but just because it's so ridiculous. You know, the fact that, you know, they sign him for that amount and they they built a team that's potentially you know, good enough to get to the playoffs and beyond. Uh, and then and then uh, little Zach Wilson has to come in again. And, um, uh, yeah, what terrible, terrible look. I just showed you, didn't it, really? Yeah, you don't, you don't want to see that really either, do you? Like, I mean, I know selfishly, if you're just purely thinking about the Bengals and you couldn't give a toss about Aaron Rodgers, in some ways it weakens one of the stronger teams, I'd say, in the AFC. But, again, like, that's not how you want to win it. You know what I mean? You want to play and beat the best. You don't want... You know, it's like with the Chiefs, as much as, you know, if Patrick Mahomes went down, the odds of us winning the Super Bowl would go up fairly significantly. You, you don't want to do it that way, do you? You know, you want to beat the best, play the best. Yeah, you want I our mean, boys out there, their boys out there. You don't you don't want to be running out there against Zach Wilson's if you don't have to. But yeah, yeah. true. Um, uh, what, just one thing from that game. I did find it hilarious. The, the punters attempt to bring down that punt return. Um if you've not seen it, go and have a look at his attempted tackle. It's possibly the worst attempted tackle I've ever seen in my life. Sort of tackle we'd be putting in some. 
bait. Well, no, I think we'd do better. We'd know how to tackle. We'd, we'd lower, we'd lower our shoulders and you know, bip it in there. But he just sort of like, you know, when you play patty cake, patty cake, you know that kind of game with the with the, with the hands there. Um, it's a bit like that. He was doing that, just kind of. I don't know. It's very funny. Um, but it was great. To, uh, we're obviously st- I'm obviously stalling. I don't want to talk about us really. Uh, there's been lots of words said, but. Wasn't it great, generally, just to have the season back? It was the same old routine. Scores flashing up on, on TVs, and oh my goodness, that looks a cracking game. And after the Bengals game, it was settling in for the for the Dolphins and the Chargers, and that was a corker. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, great to have you know a bit of red zone on Ghost Scott Hansen shouting at you for for at least seven hours um, every Sunday. Uh, and if you're watching Sky, one of those unfortunate few watching Sky. It's Neil and and the brilliant. I always say, you know, that's a bit of a joke there. But Neil Reynolds and the brilliant Phoebe Schechter, of course. Um, so there you go. It's it's, uh, it's it's our Sunday evenings sorted out for the next. God knows when, really. I said nine months, but it may feel like nine months if we actually play like that throughout the rest of the season. Um, before we move into game reaction time. Um, I must say thank you to everyone who uh, turned up. We had a we had a dual meetup, a simul meetup, um, on Sunday uh, at the Coach House in London Town and the English Lounge in uh, Manchester. Uh, so thank you so much for everyone who uh, thank you so much to everyone uh, who who turned up. Uh, I was down in London with you, Nathan. What a great turnout that was! And Jamie being. Um, host with the most up up in manchester um yeah it's great fun and uh, we will be having more of those throughout the season uh you can bet your bottom dollar on that but yeah great fun nathan absolutely great turnout and you know like you said great to just be watching some live football as bad as it was i enjoyed all three hours of it very weirdly um so much so that i booked my flight first ever flight to Cincinnati after that which oh, I was just yeah. like right I've got to go out and see this you know a couple of pints of Guinness didn't uh, um, either in making that decision but yeah I mean it's just amazing to have it back great venue as well if anyone's not been to it um, really good boozer in London to watch the football loads of different um, you know rooms good space good setup. yeah really enjoyable Sunday night even though the result was far from what, what we'd have anticipated and I think what was really interesting, um, I think this was the f- by far, by far, the um, the most attended by Americans meetup we've ever had. I think half the people in that room were from Cincinnati. I couldn't. It was almost like a, a plane full of Cincinnatians got together and kind of go, like, we'll pretend we're not together, but we're just going to, you know, let's stagger it. Let's wait outside the pub. Every five minutes, a new family or a new couple will come in. That's what happened. There was at least 20-odd people there from Cincinnati. So that was brilliant. And um, It's not really Bengals UK anymore, is it? It's I know. Bengals. It's Bengals Earth. How about that? <laughs> that's a good uh, That's a good global name. But, yeah, so it's so fun. Um uh, Nicole Lamar, special shout out to lovely Nicole, um, talking to her. She was explaining to me the um, before the uh, season started, there was a rumour going around the city that Joe Burrow had um, had popped the question to his girlfriend, and and this is this is 
something that went round the social media, if you remember, a couple of three weeks ago, that he'd proposed his girlfriend, and she said yes. And she, Nicole was saying that uh, a lot of bars in Cincinnati were offering sad girl shots to uh, <laughs> women of all ages who were most who were very upset that their number one crush uh, uh, was now officially tied up, and he put a ring on it. Um, so yeah, maybe oh, you know when, we get, when, when you go out there, you might be able to have a sad boy shot. Anything, <laughs> I don't know. He's he's only twenty six, Joe boy. He's got to be careful. There, it's a bit early, isn't it, to be well, that's getting right. the question out. He's also uh, it helps, I guess, because uh, he's yeah. also about to receive two hundred nineteen million dollars uh, guaranteed. Because that's probably that... why he popped the question early. So you know his missus didn't expect something for like to you know ten percent of his earnings. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, thingies. like probably quite a smart business decision yeah, from him exactly, there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's got to be some a few clauses in that wedding arrangement, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, but if that is the case, congrats to to Joe and his partner, and of course, congrats to Joe um, as well because that was the big news. Really, we're not gonna we're not gonna speak about it. Uh, in this episode just because everyone else has and I'm sure you know by now what's going on uh, Joe Burrow has uh, signed a new contract until 2029 uh, the highest paid player in the in NFL history uh, boo sucks to everyone who who uh, doubted Mike Brown uh, for putting his, his hand in his pocket and paying the big bucks where it mattered uh, they certainly did. They got it sorted. He's under wraps. He's under contract. He's earning an, an, an unfathomable amount of money. Good luck to him. We spoke about how much he means to the city and the team. Uh, although you wouldn't have known it on Sunday night, would you? But we'll come to that in a second. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. Joe's under wraps, Nathan. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And like you said, you have to give credit to the Bengals because I, I was getting, like I said last week and the week before, a little bit tentative, a little bit, oh, it would be nice to get it done. You know, you don't, more than anything, I just didn't want it to drag on and just tired narratives resurface about, oh, can the Bengals pay it? Oh, the Bengals don't know what they're doing, this and that. And you, you just want to play football, didn't you? You want to get into the bones of it and just say, you know, start talking X's and O's and, you know, actually breaking games down rather than just worrying about this, that and the other. And I think for both, both ends it's the right move isn't it if you're joe burrow and you you know you re-aggravate an injury or something this year and you don't play your value goes down as a player and he knows that and you know for the bengals they know what he means to the team they know what you know the attention and the success that he's brought and the marketing that he brings it it's a no-brainer for both sides i think a lot of people knew that and it's a great great to have it done and hopefully in the future, when the quarterback position just continues to dominate the percentage of the cap, it might end up looking like quite a good deal. So, yeah, fantastic to get it done. And like I said, there's, like you said, son, in some ways, there's no real need to talk anymore about it. Exactly. But what we should talk about is Sunday night's loss to the Browns. Now, I'm a bit pissed off, uh, not least because of the result or the performance, but I recorded a new version of Reaccione with actual people singing Reaccione. Uh, at the meetup on on Sunday, and I'm not going to use it tonight, Nathan. Do you know why? Tell me why. Because it's time to bring out the wheel, the wheel of misfortune. I never oh, thought no. I, I. I know. I never thought I'd do it for uh, for for week one. I think this could be a record. The wheel. She's out. She's out early. Early doors. She's making an appearance on this podcast. I don't think she can even believe it. Um, 
the wheel the wheel's is one back. of those things where you genuinely like if you're the Bengals at the start of the season and we discussed this last week and said look what do the Bengals need to do to win the Super Bowl one thing we'd say is be a bit more consistent and that would involve the wheel not really coming out maybe exactly. once max so yeah. the fact it's already come out week one is a is a disturbing trend <laughs> I must say uh, the wheel is not happy about this either she thought she was going to be on vacation for the whole year. She, pretty had, she much. hadn't had a preseason either. She hadn't had anything. She just, she just, I just called her in now, and she's not very unhappy. Bit um, sexist that the wheel we've just described as a woman. No, I'm going to be flitting between she and he just to give oh. that gender balance throughout the year. <laughs> right, uh, Cleveland, the Br- Cleveland Elves twenty-four, the Cincinnati Bengals three. Um, <laughs> good bloody hell. Bloody hell. Do we have to do this? Um, I think we do. All right, wheel, come on then. You're on a fucking laugh, mate, Sam. Wheel's on great form. Good form from the wheel. Um, she know. You know, he know, he knows what's uh, required, and uh, okay, let's start with. Oh, it's look at this! It's come up with uh, our own quarter of a billion dollar man. It's Joe Burrow. Shocking! Just really poor, really off pace. And you'd say, look, he hadn't had a preseason. He might be a bit rusty, X, Y, and Z. But you'd expect a guy that is that good with that supporting cast and, uh, you know, sort of the same offensive staff that he's worked with coming in. There's there's no real changes for him in some ways. He's got the same centre. He's got the same, you know, weapons. He's got the same running back. And you come in and play a game like that. And I don't think that's an acceptable performance when you, you're playing someone, that, paying someone as much as we're paying him now. You, you look at Patrick Mahomes in that performance um, when the Chiefs lost, with far, far weaker cast of players, you know, your Sky Moors, Kadarius Tonys, and Noah Grays, and, you know, he still played well. They let him down, you know. If they catch up some of those passes, you know, the Chiefs win that game. But for Joe Burrow, it was just, you know, between him and the scheming and the, the play selection, it just felt really stale and a bit bit negative now obviously the conditions didn't help it was pissing it down with rain in cleveland and you know you look on the other side of the ball Deshaun watson didn't exactly light it up 16 to 29 for 154 but you you look at the bengals and joe burrow and you say ah, you know i know he's not had a preseason, and i know the nfl is one of those sports where it really is hard to mimic like live action football because as much as you can have live action practices and things like that no one daren't hit joe burrow you know it's a completely different game um when you've got like miles garrett in your face you know all six foot seven of him or however big he is you know coming in to hunt you down like that's you know a completely different um proposition when you're joe burrow but You'd like to think we're past those level of performances when you've got a guy that's that good. And, and and to be fair now, that experience, you know, there's not any rookies out there that we were leaning on um, on Sunday. You've got veterans like Mixon, veterans now like Chase, your Tyler Boyds, T Higgins, and frankly, the staff, like I said, and I, I'm su- really surprised that as an experienced team like that could have such a poor performance. And you're not going to win every week and you're not going to blow them away every week, but... At Joe Boy's end, that that's a real head scratcher and comfortably the worst game of his career. Now we talk about bringing the wheel in from the cold. I must say, Joe looked as though he just, you know, 
and played for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> he looked like, you know, uh, uh, a half defrosted ready meal just got out of the freezer. He needed another 30 seconds on defrost, I tell you. He needed at least another 30 seconds. He looked all over the shop. The ball was coming out of his hands really weirdly. And I did look, he did get hit on the very first play of the game. And I think we were all standing there going, that's not an ideal start when you've got a free runner who comes in and you know, you know, tries to smack him down. Um, and he throws an incomplete pass. It looked as though someone had caught him on the hand and you kind of think... Yeah, has he has he done something to his hand? Because the ball was just coming out really badly, and of course the the weather you know looked to play the difference, but it didn't affect the Browns too much, I must say. I mean, they weren't amazing on offense, the Browns. Um, but yeah, Joe Boy looked just looked all inaccurate, mechanically all wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, just easily. By, I mean, it's like, what, 14 of 31 for 82 yards? No, what? Uh, it was just shocking to watch, you know. It was really shocking to watch. And Do you know what the similarities I thought were to last year were just the fact that the Bengals still, even now with a retooled offensive line, they can't deal with an elite pass rusher. But in those situations, it happened last year. You Not remember many can. Back to... Not many can, to be fair. But... No, true. But when I, I mean, they just take the game over. You know, we saw it with um, TJ Watt last year, just completely took the game over, just got in Joe Burrow's face, forced turnovers, and just completely threw him off his game. And the same happened the, uh, the week later with Parsons from the Cowboys, just took the game over and the Bengals couldn't get anything going. And Miles Garrett was able to do that, you know, really good pressure, really in his face, aggressive. You know, they knew that, look, you know, the conditions were difficult. The Bengals and, and, liked to throw and, the Jim, ball. and Jim Schwartz was moving Garrett around the line a lot as yeah. well. So he was lining up against Karras. And of course, Karras had real problems with uh, with Miles Garrett. Who wouldn't? But um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he obviously was wasn't ready. He didn't look physically ready. He didn't look mentally ready. Uh, he was inaccurate with the ball. The ball was coming. It was just a horror show, really. I mean, I have to, say, you know, in some cases, Jake Browning, Trevor Simeon during preseason was better than Joe Boy, uh, and that's something I never thought I'd say. But again, let's not overreact. As a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and uh, you know, he's going to be better. You know, you know, he's going to be better. And he needs to be better actually this Sunday because we're playing another big team, you know. So, just I got a question for you, Sam. Yeah, go ahead. Obviously, now you know he's the quarter of a billion dollar man. Does the the perception and the sort of standards and the judgment of Joe Burrow change for a Bengals fan now? That's the case because for me, I love Joe Boy. Everyone loves him. It's a you know a complete fest of people outpouring love for the guy you know it's arguably the sexiest best player in our franchise everyone loves him he's such a great guy but he's turned us around as a franchise we all know that but now you're paying him more than anyone in the nfl does the expectation of what we want out of him change because all of a sudden it's not just oh yeah we promise you he's top five and oh yeah he's had a good game isn't he against you know a bit of a dud team like the panthers and he's racked up 500 yards and five touchdowns do you i mean do your expectations now have to go up as a bengals fan when we've got the ravens when you've got a divisional game like you know are you expecting more from joe burrow now 
we're relying that heavily on him in terms of that's where our money's going. That's what the Bengals have done because they've done their end. You know, Mike Brown's put his hand in his pocket, Duke Tobin, they've got that deal done. Are you expecting more now? And does your perception of his performances, maybe the line starts to trend a bit further up than it has in the past? It's a good question, man. And I personally know because I think, this, I say personally because I think you know that I I hate sort of idolising one person. I think it's too much pressure for one human to take on. Uh, it's one, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like, don't build this guy up to be a god because he's not. He's a human being. And in football, there are so many variables, so many moving parts, injuries, uh, stuff going on on the field, bad play calling, weather, you know, that that influences everything and the fact is he's already been to a Super Bowl so the expectations sort of there already I think it probably does I think a lot of people would say yes the expectation levels are now sky high because we that window is now kind of wide open especially this year I think um, so me personally not really because uh, I don't try and put too much on one person even though you you do acknowledge that A is the quarterback of a team, the most important position on a, any team, and B what he's done to this team in terms of his mental strength, his his uh, um, his inspiration, uh, you know, all the rest of it. You know, people really look to, look up to him both in the, in the locker room and in the city. So you know, he is on a pedestal, uh, but I try not to. And put too much expectation on, but I'm I'm guessing you do. Are you are you, are you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think when you pay a guy more money than anyone in the NFL, that you have to just demand more from them. And you know, I don't think it'd be acceptable this year, for example, if Joe Burrow plays as quarterback ten in the league or quarterback eight. You've just got to be expecting, you know, value on your deal in some ways. You're paying yeah. this guy to be the best player in the NFL, the best quarterback in the NFL, you know. And it doesn't mean he has to be number one. It doesn't even mean in some ways he has to be number two. But you kind of want to see him put the team on his back when he needs to. And I think I've said it for for well, ages. Yeah. That the Bengals' defence has held this team up in the big moments more often. And I think Paul Dana wrote an incredible article in The Athletic about, look, not knocking the offense too much, but just kind of saying, look, you know, the offense had the ball in their hands to win the Super Bowl and the AFC title game, and they couldn't do it. How can they change that? And that's a situation where you do want to see more than Joe Burrow. You know, if you're the, you know, if you're getting paid more than any guy in NFL history, not that you could just expect or you have to win a Super Bowl, but you, you kind of have to accept in certain situations that he needs to turn up and put the team on his back when other players don't play well. You've seen Tom Brady do it over the yeah. years. With with a really sort of weakened cast. Aaron Rodgers, to a point throughout his career, he's had some good weapons, don't get me wrong, you Devontae Adams and stuff, but he's never had the depth, I don't think, that you can look and say that Joe Burrow's had a wide receiver. You know, well, everyone, all, all, these, all, the all, these, all these quarterbacks that you mentioned were on second contracts, so they were on big, big money. Joe's now on big, big money. The depth is going to diminish at some point. We've heard, well, exactly, yeah. Know, so it's going to be him and Chase pretty soon. I'm, I'm, I'm certain-ish. I don't think T's going to be back next year, actually, but that's another story. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I really don't think he's going to be back. So it's going no. to be him and Chase and a bunch of rookies, basically. That's, yeah. that's what no, it's going to be. But, 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 but the thing like... is, Joe's, Joe's already put his t this team on his back a few for a few years now. So, uh, But yeah, you're right. The, the real test is now, not because of the expectation, I... but just because of 
squad depth and I, I, all don't, the rest I don't know if he's put the team on his back because I just I think that's demint like taking away the quality of the, this defense has put up in the last two years they've been such a good unit underrated because you don't necessarily have you know some like top top first round pick demo, you know demolishing people and you know a big character that's speaking to the press and doing commercials all the time they're a bit more of a, just a cohesive quality unit but you know, you, you look at the, the receiving core that he's got, your Jamar Chases, your Joe Mixon's a good player at running back, Boyd and Higgins, it all speaks for itself. You know, you've got, effectively got two number one um, receivers there. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Joe Burrow or saying, oh, actually, maybe he's not as good as we think. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, he hasn't got a deal with a wide receiver core that's Tyler Boyd, um, you know, Irv Smith, Yoshivas, and some sort of, you know, tired veteran that's been around the league 10 times, you know, like a Valdez Scantling type of character. You know, he's got an absolute, you know, arsenal of weapons, a good running back, a tooled up offensive line that they've also spent a lot of money on. That hasn't happened on defense. Now, I just didn't, you can't, again, I'm not expecting him to go 400 yards, four touchdowns every week, but I do think in certain situations that he's got a really, you know, amp it up and really play up to that contract now. And I do think expectations change slightly. You know, you do expect that he, you know, he has to go live up to that. And a performance like that against the Browns away from home, divisional game, you know, I, I, you can put it down as a mulligan. That's all we can do. And I don't want to read too much more into it because I don't imagine for a second that's going to be indicative of the play um, from him down the down the stretch. But, you know, he can't have many more games like that because then you really are scratching your head. Agreed. Right, let's go back to the wheel. You're on that fucking laugh, mate, Sam. Right. <laughs> a bit salty uh, is the wheel today. Um, right, so let's talk about uh, Miles Garrett. Um, now, the misfortune bit, obviously is that he played against us and again he sort of took the game over a little bit there was that horrible uh clip doing the rounds on uh, social media where he was sort of almost dancing in front of ted Karras, swaying from side to side and then he just exploded and biff bang how's your father and that was the end of that play so um but i guess it's it's more to, to just a quickie on um the offensive line i didn't i mean the interior looked shaky but i jonah looked shaky at times uh, but Brown looked pretty good from what from a layperson's point of view. I didn't think he did too much uh, wrong. You're always going to get pressures against you, and I understand that you know the lines individually the the, the lines PFF grades weren't amazing to say the least. I think we were kind of in the bottom, you know, five or six of teams in terms of pressures allowed. So it wasn't a, a great day, but um, but certainly there were some nice pockets for Joe Boy to throw. Uh, from and in so yeah just a quick uh just a quick uh, uh opinion from you nathan on on how the line did um it wasn't great was it i mean i i think the bengals were very much scheming to just get the ball out stupidly quickly uh, you just didn't feel like joe burrow ever had more than like two three seconds in the pocket no, so there, much... were, there were some good pockets though that that they gave him <laughs> Yeah, but it, it just he was just dropping back, pinging the ball out. Like how many balls did he throw more than about ten, fifteen yards down the field? It was all just quick drops, get the ball out quickly, try and not, 
you know, I think they knew that Miles Garrett was going to be a big problem, especially in those conditions. You know, I, I just don't really understand why they they didn't run the ball more. I'd have liked to see more of that. You know, because they actually mix and did all right. You yeah, know, four point yeah. three yards. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. He had a couple of little bursts. Chris Evans had one or two, and. You know, I, I, I know they love to throw the ball, but if Joe Burrow has got a knock and he's coming back, you kind of feel like maybe they could have lent on that run game a bit more because, for me, that's the key this year. You've got to be able to run the ball fairly successfully. We need Joe Mixon or someone, be it Chris Evans or Travion Williams or, um, you know, Chase Brown maybe if he comes. You know, I know he's a healthy scratch, but you kind of need one of those guys to really step up and have a season for us because... We can't just, you know, Joe Burrow will be 10 times the quarterback and play like that level if the defences respect the fact that they we can rip one off and we've got, you know, a quality running back in there and we can create some holes and some lanes. So that's what I want to see this offensive line do more and really sort of give that give that chance to Joe Mixon because I think, you know, the Browns are one of the better defensive lines you'll play. They know us really well. They've come up against each other many times. But, you, you know, you are going to face that around the league. You know, you're going to get that in the Ravens next week. You know, they're also a very, very capable defence, better in the secondary, I'd say, than the Browns. So, you know, it's going to come at you thick and fast. And some of these guys, like your Cordell Volsons, you know, a bit of younger guys, and, you know, your Karras and Kappas, they've got to, you know, they've got to just step it up a little bit when you do come up against these guys because, you know, we can't afford Joe Boy. We've said it for two years, three years. You can't afford Joe Boy taking big shots. As You know, the camera's panning over, he's rubbing his knee, and you know he's got that calf injury. You just don't want your quarterback, your quarter of a billion dollar quarterback taking those vicious shots when he doesn't need to so you know I don't know if the game plan was maybe for that purpose you know to say look the guy's still got you know nursing a bit of a calf injury might have something else you don't know what you know sometimes these players are playing with and maybe that was the case it was like look we can't risk too much here let's just try and get the ball out quick quick you know we know the weather's shit as well but I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to see. I, th- I think it's too. It's not enough evidence for us to judge on after one game. Is there? You got to see a little bit more. And you know, for all we know, Joe Boy turns up. You know, five hundred yards next week, and the line looks, you know, like a castle fortress. But we'll see. You're on that fucking lap, mate, Sam. Right. Um, now, oh, well, that leads us very neatly on to the play calling. Now, tell me this, Nathan Palmer. Um, big game. Reigning, you're the reigning AFC North champions. You're going into the the dog pound, the feared dog pound, and Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith and uh, all, all these guys. Uh, you've got spunk firing at you from the from the sideline from Deshaun Watson willy nilly. Um, you've got all sorts of things happening. Um, so tell me why why do you turn up and you look as though uh, you haven't played together for like six months? You've had no preseason or training camp. You look completely lost out there. Uh, you look completely sloppy. Uh, and then the play calling on top of that is is questionable to say the least. Why why is that? And, and the, on the other side of the ball, the Browns come up super jacked up, super fired up, super ready to go, making key stops on defense. You know they're smothering Jamar and T Higgins, uh, both cornerbacks absolutely superb. You have to give them credit. 
um, for covering, you know, the, but, you know, but switching back to our side of the ball, we didn't look ready, we didn't look prepared, um, we didn't quite know what the game, it looked as though didn't quite know what the game plan is, but, you know, obviously there was one, um, and it looked sloppy as all hell, and the play calling looked really weird. Again, when a team loses, you go onto social media and uh, you try and find out, try and find answers. Obviously, uh, perhaps ones that ally with your own uh, answers, um, and then you see you see the full gamut of blame. It's a blameathon. Uh, Zach Taylor was too conservative. And we're talking offense here again because the defense. We'll get onto. There was some really positive stuff in the defense, but on the offense, we're talking about, um, you know, uh, Zach's play play calling was too vanilla, too conservative. And then on, on every third and manageable, I seem to remember, he was he was pumping it down the field uh, to you know kind of one on one matchups that may or may not. Uh, see Higgins or Chase come down with it. You know they're very sort of low percentage, um, uh, risky plays. You know, uh, at least three or four. I remember four times I think that that happened where third and manageable instead of kind of scheming open a tight end over the middle or a little crosser or a dig or whatever, he pumped it down the sideline. And when when the ball's not coming out great from Joe Burrow's hands. That adds another layer, another dimension of um, of risk to that play, and of course, I, I couldn't remember really either of those two guys coming down with any contested catches. It's a slight worry because last year and the year before, those guys really were superb at coming down with contested catches, um, and I, I just wonder whether we rely. So what I'm trying to say is, they were they were it felt concerned. I mean, they punted from the Browns' 38-yard line at one point, I believe. Yeah. Um, so in some ways, it's like, that's way too conservative. And then you'll be like, You're, that's way too risky. What the hell? It, it, it was either or. It didn't seem um, fantastic. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, a bit of a mixed bag play calling-wise on offense, I think. Um just, just so so hard to fathom that you're punting seven times. I remember my mouth dropped open when it like that stat came up right at the end of the first half. It was like Brad Robbins, you know, his first game, he's punting for the seventh time in the first half. And you just think, how does a team like I think they had ten straight drives like where they didn't do anything with it, you know, not even a field goal. And you just think for that team, ten straight drives where you you know, you're punting on almost all of them or turnover on downs, and you think how, how does that quality end up doing that? It's just real head scratcher, I think, across the ball. But like I said, man, what can you do apart from just chalk it up as a mulligan? You know, we yeah, know this. Yeah, no, I agree. Stuff. I agree. They, they, yeah. can, I mean... they can call a good game. You know, they, they've had some fantastic ones. You look at that game they pulled against the Bills in the playoffs. You know, they've got it in them. Hundred percent. And you know, it, you know, Zach, we have to we have to kind of make the point that the Bengals have been to the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship in the past two years, so they're not. <laughs> you know they're not doing a lot wrong but it just felt i'm just i just get annoyed with this because it was a bit marvin like it was like do you remember um there was a lot of marv ball actually in this in this game i have to say maybe it was a tribute to marv for some reason i don't know but anyway um you know do you remember the thing with marv apart from the playoffs is is after every bye week they they came out and just didn't turn up for some reason mm. it happened and it's like that's that the, the Zach Taylor's equivalent is first game of the season 
what's, what's, I just don't get it. That's got to be down to the coach that you've got to get your players ready, prepared and up for it because you're playing a, a good team away from home, a divisional rival. This will count at the end of the day. And as I yeah. kept saying, you know, all these, these past two years, we've started off horribly and we've had to put a, together like a 10-game winning run just to make the playoffs, you know. And at some stage, the law of averages says that's not going to happen if yep. you have to do that every single year. No way is that going to happen. However, that, however, so yeah, that's my point. Just, I, I don't know, you know, everything looked off and out of whack. And, and yeah, you know, at halftime, didn't we say, we turned to each other actually, didn't we say, said, yeah, we'll be all right. Because we know, we've been here before where the Bengals have played really poorly in the first half and then they've just turned it around the second half. Halftime adjustments, Lou Dini and all that, Lou Dini, uh, and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's, we just kind of thought that would happen again. But it just wasn't. And that was the main difference between this year's, I think. There, I think there is a difference between last year's first game loss and this this year's first game loss. Last year, we only lost that game against the Steelers because we had, um, talk about misfortune, uh, the misfortune uh, to, sit, to get our long snapper uh, injured, uh, you know, we would have won that game with a healthy long snapper. That's an absurd yep. thing to say. It feels like because we never talk about long snappers. But again, you know, we we found out the importance of a long snapper last last year, didn't we? So, uh, and we were we were scoring against the Steelers. We were scoring touchdowns. So, if it wasn't for a, an injured long snapper, I think we would have beaten the Steelers quite handily. However, this this game on Sunday. We didn't look like doing shit. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. No. And you've got to think back to that Steelers game as well. You win that game, that really could have made the difference. Because I think the NFL would have had to do things differently with the whole coin toss scenario. Because I think we would have obviously had a shot at the number one seed if how we beat the Bills in the DeMar Hamlin game. So, I, again, I'm coming up the top of my head here. You might turn around and say, actually, it wouldn't have done. But I'm pretty sure if we won that Steelers game things would have been a bit different down down the back end of the season for us. So you know, every game in the NFL matters. There's only 17 of them. That's a divisional game, you know, and I just, again, you can't afford those sort of games. I think with Zach Taylor, like you said, I don't think there's much you could have done last year. There's a lot of misfortune, both of these off-seasons with the calf injury, the appendicitis yeah, of Burrow. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Really doesn't help. I think Zach Taylor's going to have to evaluate the preseason lack of snaps. I think you could, you've got to look at that and say, actually, you know, maybe these live little practices aren't enough. You do perhaps need a little bit of, you know, under the under the spotlights, you know, reading a proper defence that's coming at you and just to try and shake a bit of that off. The only credit I give to Zach is you think back to his first ever game when they played Seattle and no one gave him a whisper. And that was actually one of the best games we played all year and came very, very close to winning that when absolutely mm -hmm. no one um, thought we had a chance in that. So, you know, I, I, so definitely think that next year we'll be talking about and we'll be saying, look, you know, this can't afford it and you know as we well know and we'll get on to it i'm sure you've got a really sticky situation now playing the ravens at home who look very good you know lamar jackson's back that that's a all of a sudden quite a you know puts a lot of pressure on us um in that game so yeah disappointing but i think we just gotta we've got to let ourselves breathe and move past it i'll tell you one uh, conversation or a couple of conversations i've seen online it's it's worth perhaps mentioning that you know everyone including us made a big deal out of con coaching continuity but where's where's the tipping point there between great continuity and knowing what you do each other's do does inside out and then 
just repeating things and no freshness and no yeah, it's a fair point. fresh ideas fair or whatever. Point. And I think that, but I do think you know, I think the game plan was kept quite vanilla generally because because of Joe Boy's calf. I, I really do. Um, but then add to the add to his lack of uh, mobility and struggles with that calf. Obviously, uh, like I said at the time, I don't think he's quite uh, ready yet physically. But, you know, the, the the way the ball was coming out of his hand, that was really weird. So I do wonder whether there was something more going on with Joe Burrow that they were sort of game planning for and uh, that's not come out. But anyway, we'll see. Just the last thing I'm going to say, super quickly, you've got to take your hat off in situations like this and not always think, well, actually, what have we done wrong? you just got to take your hat off to Miles Garrett and Jim Schwartz. You know, that's a hell of a game from the Browns. They've yeah, turned up and yeah. played really well on defence. You know, when the Bengals are coming into town, if we turn around that and done that to the Bills, or the Chiefs or someone like that and held them to 142 yards at home and three points you'd say oh, our defence has absolutely smashed that it was all us you wouldn't say necessarily it was them so I think rather than us just sort of be inward on it and say look we were we were awful we were you've got to say to the Browns fair fair play you know that's a really well called game and um, you know from a very experienced coach and a you know one of the best if not the best edge rusher in the game so yeah fair enough mm, hey, hey, well said Uh, there's no more from the wheel I just wanted to hear that again because it makes me <laughs> chuckle so uh, thank you Will we'll see you again soon uh, you are going back in your box to sip uh, mint juleps on the porch wherever you hang out so thank you sorry for bringing you out on uh... I hope we don't see the wheel again this season man I really hope we don't we'll see um, right um just a few positives like you said I thought Mixon we've got to be trying to be balanced Mixon played by the defence played pretty well especially pleased with Dax Hill and Nick Scott I thought you know there was a really crucial uh, PBU from Nick Scott and he was everywhere on the field a leading tackler I believe uh, Dax Hill coming out with a an interception and, and patrolling yeah you know yeah, I know again only one game so let's not overwrap but certainly from that sample size I thought they looked pretty good together so well done to Dax and Nick Scott I thought, yeah I thought they did really well and I'll tell you what if it wasn't for um, you know the poor player of the offence constantly just giving the ball back to the Browns I think our defence did re- you know a couple of forced a couple of turnovers was getting to the quarterback you know I thought they really put, dug in and did well and I mean they, they sort of gave up you know some points late in the fourth quarter but you know if you'd said at the end of the third quarter you've given up 13 points to the Browns away from home in difficult conditions you'd say that's a fantastic result you know you'd back your offence to, to outscore that so you know, apart from the sort of collapse a bit in the fourth quarter there and the two points and all that, you know, the death, I think it was a really good performance from the defence. Really good, perhaps, stretching, but I thought it was pretty solid and yeah. they kind of came as advertised, like you said. And, you know, like you, obviously great to see some young guys flashing and getting that experience and not looking out of their depth. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, they looked, certainly in that first half, you know, Hendrickson and Hubbard and Reader and those guys were getting all kinds of pressure. Some nice linebacker blitzes, I noticed. Uh, Jermaine Pratt came out with a sack, as did BJ Hill, as did Trey Hendrickson. Um, So, generally speaking, they did pretty well. Although, you know, how many times do we say this? Nick Chubb got another 100-yard-plus game. He looked terrific. He's a quality player, isn't he? 
He is. Um, right, we need to get to your uh, correspondences because there are many of them. Solid Hander. Let's start with Slam Dunk at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid Handle. Yet again, a new season full of promise and expectation and we don't bother turning up for the first game. It's either a kick up the arse to sort things out or it's going to be a frustrating season. Given the past two seasons, are we over-expecting as a fan base? I again, there's a lot. Of, let, let's see after a couple of games, shall we, Dunk? I think that's the, that's the best thing. Um, uh, Phil Hat at Bengal Blue Boy. Solid handle. Prefer the Why Not Us persona to the Burrowhead Elves one. Uh, I guess he's talking about the um, the underdog persona, the plucky that's underdog, really rather than the kind of piss-takey, arrogant, swaggery no, one. And I, I think, I'm, I think, with one, I yeah. think that's a really good point. And I think that's what looked good for the Bengals is that underdog, you know, bit of a small market team, playing well, young players. It was nice. And you, I love Joe Burrow's swagger and I love Jamar Chase's swagger, but you... You do want to be careful that you're not just dressing up in these fancy suits and, you know, going and caught, you know, giving other teams billboard material to stick on the locker and say, look, they're, you know, they're, they think they're, you know, the big boots here because teams that will motivate them. You know, they don't want to, Joe Burrow's contract will piss other people off around the league. This guy's getting a quarter of a billion dollars. Like, you know, let's go in there and, you know, slow him down a bit. So I, I, I do think that's a very, very good point from Phil. Um, and they need to not get too ahead of themselves here. Yeah, and he goes on to say, uh, game by game attitude now. Forget the number one seed obsession. Browns look very good, sadly, but maybe a QB short, happily. Michael Smith at conniving underscore crow. Solid handle. Uh, I am absolutely freaking livid. Chiefs lose, Steelers look feeble. And then we shit the bed. It was a rare opportunity to put daylight between us and our bitter rivals. But we pissed it away. The Cleveland freaking Browns. Next week, there can be no mercy. Um, Memphis Soul Stewart, Stuart Baird, 688. It was like finding a glistening turd on your carpet and not owning a dog. Um, well, there we go. Uh, <laughs> Dad, <laughs> Dazzers. That's a good, good, good metaphor. Stew, I like that. Um, at Dadders, when do the Bengals kick off their new season? Hopefully next week, Pete. Paris Pinney at Paris Pinney. I have no doubt they'll be absolutely fine in the long run, but why does it take four to five weeks every season for the team to hit its stride? They'll never be able to challenge for the one or two seeds starting slowly every year. It's a problem that needs solving and looking into. Uh, uh, I might send you along, Detective Pinney. Um... Jamie at Trequat Beaster, a punt on fourth and three at the Browns 38 while three nothing down is gauged to have been in the 99.6th percentile of most cowardly punts since 1999. It summed up an abject moribund performance. Did they did that because Brad Robbins is great at pinning people in, and they thought maybe look if we punt well, he, well, he wasn't in this game, but he had well, a no, really no, but not based great. on what they drafted yeah. him for, they thought look this is a great opportunity to you know him do his thing, pin him inside the five, and try and sort of take it from there. I mean, I certainly would have gone for it, and Zach's normally very very aggressive, so I'm shocked that he didn't. Yeah, I know. but yeah, yeah. There, there, so I mean, there's a few head scratching decisions when you expected him to be a little bit more conservative and just eke out the yards. He didn't. He went. He went aggressive, and then when you expected him to go a bit more aggressive, he went quite conservative. So who who knows? Think Zach's got to be fired after that performance? Huh? Not quite. Come on now, <laughs> behave. Uh, Bianco Verde at Bianco Verde. Uh, Solid handle. 
<laughs> We've got to find the Italian to, for what. Have you got your laptop open there? You've got to get onto Google Translate and do a solid it's angle. Something forte. It. And we've done this before. We've done this before. Solid yeah, well, it was a Bengals Italia, wasn't there? If yeah, that's right. comes in again. Anyway, Bianca Verde says, that was the worst offensive performance I can recall in many a year. An absolute cluster you know, from start to finish. <laughs> Illegal formations, delay of game pen. It was what the hell? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a good point. Very, it goes back to this sloppiness, these pre-snap. I mean, what the They're very unlike the Bengals. Very unlike the Bengals. Uh, Tom McDowell at Wagat Dub DD. It was strange because we were so used to Joe taking over and being a hero, and that just didn't happen. Uh, which goes back to this whole kind of thing that we said at half time. They'll be okay. We've been in this position countless times before. We've been rubbish the first half, but we're still in touching within touching distance of the other team. Uh, and we, you know, we just didn't come out in the second half either. Tom Lawrence, uh, Tommy Jalapeno, solid handle. Reaccione equals baloney. Well, Tom, I don't know what to say. It's <laughs> out of order, really. But you know, Rob Hill at surely this season. Solid handle. A positive question mark. Bills and Chiefs also lost, so we haven't lost ground on them. That's it. That's my yeah. positive. Oh, and Wales beat Fiji. It is the Rugby Union World Cup uh, happening at the moment in uh, uh, en français at the moment. Rob goes on to say, Surprise! we didn't lean on the run game more. Defence kept us in it for ages, but Joe was woeful. It was like watching the Simeon and Browning battle again. Uh, Matty at Matty Stubby King. Uh, Cleveland is to Zach Taylor what Pittsburgh was to Marvin. We're a better side down the stretch where it really matters uh, than here at the start. That's uh, what you got to say super quickly, isn't it? That you would rather be that way around. You know, you'd be fuming if it was the other way around and you started off 6-0 and every year and then, you know, you sort of crawled into the finish line and got bumped in the wild card. I mean, that is what happened with Marvin. You know, we had that mental season where we did go... I'm sure they're like 9-0 and and then lost it to the Texans and then, you know, didn't win a playoff game. So you, you would rather it this way around. I think the Bengals have got... I think the Bengals with Joe Burrow have that gear they can go to and they've done it in both like the last two playoff runs and the big games down the stretch. They just they just start purring and they just up their game a little bit. And that is the sign of a quality team. You see people do it in other walks of sports. Like, you know, Vak Djokovic is when it matters in grand slams, he'll play unbelievably, but he will lose a silly game now and again in a sort of, you know, the French... I don't know, the Marseille Open or something, you know, doesn't probably exist. But he, he, he'll lose a game there that you'd be like, hang on a minute. But the second he's playing in the US Open or wherever, he does just step it up. Man City do that. You know, they'll lose a stupid game um, in the week against Brentford or something like that. And then when it matters, they'll turn up and thump a Bayern Munich, a Juventus, 3-4-0 in the Champions League when they know they have to. So that is the one thing that I sort of have a bit of warmth with this team is that when it matters down the stretch and, you know, they need to win games, they need to uh, need to beat rivals, that they'll be able to do it. Uh, Simon Walker at Grass Bandits. Solid handle. What are the first three adjectives to come to mind that come to mind to sum up the performance? Mine were adynamic, moribund and languid. Uh, well, it was, uh, I agree, Simon. Um, and it was very nice to meet you as well. Simon came on to me. It was great to meet him. All the way from Norwich, I believe. So, um, great work on getting over to London Martin at Dorset Bengal another meet up kid always good to see Martin uh, Cleveland looked gnarly and nasty i.e. like an AFC North team we just looked like we needed to turn up to win perhaps there's a slight arrogance there that needs snuffing out 
The antics this week with Chase and the whole L's thing sums it up. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't like the swaggery stuff, although I did chuckle at the uh, the, the self-deprecating line that he came up with after the <laughs> after the uh, the game. Um, actually, it performed two duties, one to have an extra dig at Cleveland and B to be self-deprecating. He kind of said, you know, I said they were elves and we just got them beaten by a bunch of elves. I can't believe it. Anyway, but yeah, quite possibly. I think I think that's a bit... Uh, uh, Paul at Picar Burns. Offence looks sluggish. Um, uh, whilst it's not good to lose the opening game of the season, it does not mean that everything will start to unravel. Uh, no. <laughs> right. Uh, Nathan's rusty sheriff's badge at Pat Mibollocks. Um, <laughs> Solid handle. Oh, he's giving it. Did Scott's got it. Scott's got the solid handle. He's he's the one that you always give the shocking handle to. Uh, <laughs> awful. Uh, Nathan's rusty sheriff's badge says Cleveland is where football goes to die. Oh dear. Sean at Shawnee. Thanks to all involved for the hard work in setting up the meets yesterday. I think Sean was up in Manchester. Uh, the in-person therapy is always helpful for a crap performance rather than sitting alone in a dark room. We'll be fine. We just need to put the, put the game behind us and move on. BB at Blue Bengal. We were awful, but it's just one game. Showtime at Barclay 970. Just week one syndrome for the Bengals if we win next week, which we need to, as 0-2 in the division is not good. All will be forgotten. James at Jimmy HD. I kind of like this team when they have something to prove, and now they do. Uh, tip the Bengals at Ireland's Day. We were very lucky that we handle. Uh, we were very lucky that Watson was so poor. Uh, Jacob Hilton, at, sorry, Jacob Holton at Jake Holton 12. Defence was outstanding, good pressure on the QB, mostly good coverage. Offence will be sorted out, but that was easily the worst the Bengals have looked since Joe Boy has arrived. Uh, Matt Gibbs at Wakey Ram, the very sn- first snap was, oh shit, that feeling didn't depart for the whole game. It was really hard to see anything positive offensively. Uh, <clears throat> Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid handle. We always lose in week one. And always lose to the Browns. We've killed two birds with one stone. So let's just forget it and start the season properly from here. Exactly. <laughs> Troy Snyder at Troy underscore Snyder. Disappointing, but the Bengals will be fine. At least the Steelers look like trash. Uh, very much so. Uh, Sagey, Earl of Norks. Um, Solid handle. <laughs> bizarre performance. Enough said, I think. Uh, Stoozy at uh, Neil underscore Stewart. Well, I think we should be giving the starters at least some snaps during the preseason games. Can't be easy for them coming out of training straight into a competitive game straight away from home. It also is an ideal having a divisional rival as our bogey team. I'd like us to change that. Here, here, uh, Neil. Um, Richard Murgatroyd at Richard Merg90. I wasn't expecting much from the O, uh, uh, the O with Joe's injury and the weather, but that was indescribably bad. At least it wasn't a shutout like New Jersey. Very true. Killian at uh, Killian underscore double zero. Happy New Season, gents. Didn't catch the match last night. I was only able to watch a few highlights, or should I say, low lights yesterday evening. Disappointing start. Not the end of the world. But just so so frustrating. I think that's the key. It's just really frustrating when when you want them to start off with intent, best foot forward. They come up with that. And James finally, 
Well, that's not his name. James Finely is not his name. Uh, finally, James. James at Baguette Disco. Solid handle. Shite. There we go. There you go. I think that's probably the best summation of the performance, really. Um, So there we go. Let's uh, let's draw a line under that one, then, shall we? And look ahead very briefly to um, Sunday. It's the six o'clock kickoff uh, again in the UK. Uh, The online tailgates will um, all being well be back. Uh, Looking forward to that. So tune in to Twitter, Facebook. And YouTube, actually, uh, to watch uh, online tailgate. Uh, normally happens around 4 o'clock uh, British time, which is what? That is 11 o'clock uh, Eastern. So really looking forward to that. Um, and uh, the Ravens, it's, I wouldn't say it's a must win. It feels like we're, we're talking exactly the same way as last season. It's not a must win the second game, but it would be it would be nice to start off uh, against this lot with some sort of win. And... Judging by uh, people that uh, I know and the reports, the match reports again uh, after their win in Houston, uh, they didn't look like amazing, and they've come out of it with some really uh, like three starters down, like with some season-ending stuff. Not all of them, but I think one of them is season-ending. Um, so they've got their injury problems this week, uh, which they always seem to the Ravens, don't they? Um, so yeah, big game. Uh, they didn't play well against Houston. They'll be looking for a, a bounce-back performance, even though they won. Uh, and we definitely need a bounce-back uh, performance, wouldn't you say? Of course. And I, I I would just about agree with you and say it's not a must-win because I don't think any game, a second game of the season, really needs to be a must-win. But if you dig yourself in 0-2, you, you're in a really dark position there. And we were able to come out of that and go on a big run. But... You know, I mean, I'm not so I'm not the same. We don't have to sit there and salivate over the top seeds and things like that. But if you are even thinking about that, you can't afford to lose more than three, four games. So, you know, you lose that game against the Ravens, you're 0 2 in the division, 0 2 in the AFC. It's a long road back from there, and there's some great teams you're going to have to play down the, down the road. So, the thing is, you beat the Ravens, you're 1 and 1, you've played two division games, one home, one away. You've got Joe Burrow back. You, you're feeling like, you know, he's probably getting back to it a bit. You've got the Rams at home in the next game. I mean, they look decent, so that's something to think about. But you'd feel very happy, wouldn't you? You'd all see it collectively breathe a big sigh of relief. I'm sure Paycor will be rocking, but it is a, it's a game you really, really don't want to lose and a game you really, really want to win. I think it's like real – it ups the ante on this game because I think, like I said, one and one, I'm, I'm happy. I'm content. You know, pretty feeling pretty good. Oh, and two, and I'm I'm gutted. I'm pissed off. I'm worried. Um, and there's no way around looking at it. you. Don't want to go oh and two in the division, and you know, all of a sudden, then people start start worrying, and you you don't want to be asking yourself to have to go and win 13, 14 games out of you know the sort of um, well not fourteen games, but like twelve out of the last fifteen or something to get yourselves in the playoffs. It just leaves very little room for error, very little you know margins with injuries and other sort of eventualities that can happen so the, the home crowd will be demanding it from them the Bengals themselves will be demanding it and so in some ways if you're going to get a shit loss like that out of the way and the, the coaches need to correct things and you know have a bit of a slap around the face all of them then maybe it's good to get it out of the way week one with the Ravens coming to town you know I'm sure it'll be a fantastic game one that I'm very excited to watch 
Um, probably be a good one for the neutrals. I mean, the Browns Bengals. I was watching the the highlights around the league on the um, on Sky after you know after work yesterday, and the Bengals Browns got literally about fifteen seconds when every other game got about four or five minutes because it was a shocking game. So you know, I'm hopeful that for the neutral and certainly for us as Bengals fans that they come out all guns blazing against the Ravens and show us why you know we believe in them to be a real contender this year. Indeed. Um, have a good week, everyone. Uh, do come and say hello on Twitter at Hooday underscore UK, uh, Facebook, Bengals UK, Instagram, Bengals at Bengals, sorry, uh, underscore UK. And uh, we'll be back next week, probably Monday night, actually. Uh, but until then, be good. And it's a Hooday from me. And a Hooday from me. Cheers, guys.
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.